0: You're listening to Data Plus Love. I'm here today with Katie Fottnott-Wagner. She is a Tableau social media ambassador and HR uh, visualization expert. Katie, how does this day find you?
1: This day finds me pretty okay. I'm doing all right, Zach. How are you?
0: I'm pretty good, despite having asked that question in the most awkward way possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a strange question to ask people right now, right? You always kind of get the the canned answer but yeah I'd say I'm doing all right
0: yeah I mean that's I uh, one day at a time you know how are you doing right now I'm pretty decent right now Later today I might not be loving it but you know yeah. my kids aren't screaming and fighting I'm not working right now and uh, the sun is shining so it's like I can't complain that much
1: that's right had a good lunch got a nice walk in that's all I can ask for right
0: <laughs> right so you're in Baton Rouge right I am so what, what, is, what has it been like for you lately? What's the weather like uh, inside your house? Is it, is it temperate?
1: <laughs> I'm going <gonna laughs> to make everyone t- really jealous, and I'm sorry. Our weather must have found out that times were tough these days because it has been absolutely beautiful. Um, minus all the crazy random, like, tornadoes and storms that will kick up for, you know, a day or two. Uh, It's been super pleasant. It's not very hot. It's sunny almost every day. I really couldn't ask for better. I'm very appreciative of this time of year. If you ask me again in two to three months, I'll have a totally different response.
0: You'll say it's hot as hell and I don't want to go outside and I feel like I'm melting.
1: Yeah. So humidity and heat, it's just totally different ball game. Like you walk out and it's like you're swimming in soup. Not the best.
0: Yeah, August in Memphis, uh, the best analogy I've heard my boss once said is it's like being in a, like a dog's mouth with like the humidity (laughs) and the heat. It's it's a horror show. Like you walk from your car to your office and you're just already drenched in sweat.
1: I like that. I think I'm stealing that. A a dog's mouth. All right. Um, Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, some of you were here for Tableau Conference a couple of years ago. And I think the weather was sort of behaving during that time. So hopefully y'all got a good experience when y'all were in Louisiana. I thought
0: it rained like every day. Oh,
1: I must have been used to that.
0: (laughs) All all I know is uh, I went to Cafe Dumont one morning before the conference kicked off. I draped my jacket on the back of a chair. It dipped in the runoff water. Um,
1: Bourbon juice? Ew.
0: Bourbon juice, vomit, uh, water, whatever. Uh, there's no getting that smell out. Dry cleaning, nothing nothing has saved that. And I like that jacket, so I'm torn. It's somewhere. I don't no, know.
1: you burn those with fire. They're gone.
0: <laughs> so speaking of not going anywhere, um, <laughs> you were actually going to be in town uh, presenting at My Tug last week at the Mem Tug. You and Will Strauss were going to be heading in. But uh, as anyone with a pulse and the ability to listen to podcasts knows, Uh, No one's going anywhere fast right now. So you've been on lockdown. I've been on lockdown. For the sake of our tug, we're a fledgling tug. You know, we probably have between 20 to 70 attendees with 20 being more typical. And uh, just it didn't make sense for us to even do the virtual tug uh, since there's so many other great virtual tugs going on. So I know that in lieu of that, you presented at the uh, Atlanta slash North Texas tug last week. Uh, how did that go what did you present on
1: i did that was so much fun i had never been to any sort of tableau user group combined event whether in person or virtual and so it was really neat to hear the different hosts also see how they run their user group meetings even virtually Um, i'm a co-lead of the new orleans tableau user group so i'm always kind of looking for experience from people who've been doing this maybe a bit longer than i have but we had a great time We chatted about all kinds of fun, timely things. For me, that was layout containers. I have been doing a ton of very pixel perfect aligned specific design work recently. And I've been kind of trying to figure out how I can use layout containers to their best value.
0: So speaking of layout containers, I mean, is your, uh, people overview your Acadian data analytics, HR dashboard, one of those examples you presented on?
1: It is yes. So I focused more on the how and why of layout containers, but the people overview that I just published, was basically the result of those. I've made a lot of dashboards at work recently that look similar to that. Um, And I know we all kind of use the excuse of, hey, we can't share our work dashboards because they're under NDA. I decided to push the boundaries on that one for maybe the first time and made a fake data set that kind of matched what the stuff at work looked like. And what I like about it is it's real. You know, it's um, from a design perspective, I think it's got all of the elements that it needs and it may not necessarily have the most flashy colors or the most fancy chart types, but I think that it's a good representation of something that I might build at work. And I think us, we all as a community need a bit more of those examples.
0: I thought it was great. I mean, I obviously, when I do public work, I like doing outlandish examples that I wouldn't have made at work as sort of a... uh, counterbalance. I definitely appreciate the real world examples like uh, you and like Pradeep, for example, has been doing some really killer like business dashboards uh, lately, but I was looking at this and I just really, I love the bands at the top. I like uh, some of the metrics that you chose to include. And I was thinking about it as I was looking at it, I had seen another HR dashboard once before, and I appreciated that you included years of service um, as a a metric on it, because it's very easy if you're just an HR person looking at sort of inflow and outflow. And if you had 600 people last month and if you have 600 people this month, hey, we're stable. But you could have had someone with 20 years of experience leave and someone with four years of experience replace them. And that's not necessarily the exact same scenario as if, you know, you had replaced them with someone of equivalent experience. So I thought it was really cool. to see how someone that's uh, an HR professional looks at some of these things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have an extensive background in human resources or what the people department might want. I've learned a lot of that on this job, which has been very helpful. Um, But one of the things that I like about dashboards similar to the people overview is it really does give you kind of the pulse of who, who are they? Who are the people that work at this company? One of the things that we look at And this is all fake data, but I liked that the distribution skewed age to kind of that older range in the fake data that I created because people retiring, especially in certain types of work where, um, you know, maybe they're skilled labor of some sort or they have a specialization that we need to train other people to do. We've got to be aware of that. You know, you might have people leaving, but what about those folks that you can kind of predict will leave. Um, And our retirement population is certainly one of those.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't usually actually walk through dashboards um, on here, but I was looking at that with the age, your largest cohort is your 65 plus, and that's your people that are getting ready to step out of the organization. So what this is broadcasting to people that are paying attention is be prepared. You're about to experience a loss of personnel and not just any personnel, your highest ranking probably, or at least at the very least your most seasoned personnel are getting ready to walk out the door in the near future. So you should be preparing for that, not only in terms of headcount, but what are you going to do to sort of retain that knowledge uh, before it leaves?
1: Exactly. And I think phase two of this dashboard will have interactivity in it where you could click on that 65-plus population and find out, well, which accounts are they on and you know where are they to understand more about that population specifically. I just haven't gone through and added in the interactive pieces of it yet because I was focusing on the design and the layout first.
0: What I appreciate about it is I think this is applicable to so many different areas of practice. And what I work in is I work in fundraising. So we're dealing with uh, donors and dollars and demographics and that sort of thing. And this is very applicable to everything I do. And I have similar dashboards uh, on various levels, which are tracking, you know, year over year changes, like on the top of your bands, your overall trending headcounts, uh, ages and stuff like that. in My case it would be like years on file and that sort of thing. That's all really fascinating that um, depending on what you're working on, you could lift this design straight out of here and use it for your business of uh, various kinds.
1: That is maybe one of the main reasons that I favorite things on Tableau Public. So there was, I believe it was a makeover Monday at some point for the DC Metro system. And a lot of the visualizations that came out of that had this kind of card Mm -hmm. style to them. And I look at that for inspiration all the time. I think one of the challenges that I face, and I'm sure a lot of people do, is this, can we put everything on the dashboard? And my brain says, hey, best practice, no, we can't do that. But in this particular case, you are looking at a bunch of different demographics, and it is nice to be able to see them as a snapshot all on one page. So I think as a community, if we could come together and, and come up with more examples of Okay, but what about when you really do have to put everything on one on one page or, you know, kind of understanding um, how we can make that experience better for our users and not feel so overwhelmed with a lot of a lot of information?
0: Absolutely. I mean, and so much of it comes down to uh, who are your users? What's their level of comfort? What's their level of experience and that sort of thing? I know one of my dilemmas is often I don't necessarily know who all of the end users are going to be if I'm designing something for a specific user or team, it's a lot easier experience because I'm able to work along uh, hand-in-hand with them, walk them through what I'm thinking and sort of get feedback throughout the process. Um, But a lot of times you don't necessarily know who's going to be receiving your end product. And uh, at that stage, you almost have to, uh, I was talking with Eric about this last time, Uh, I built a dashboard where I built in a lot of hand-holding like definitions and landing pages and links and stuff like that to sort of help someone navigate it. because If someone stumbles into your dashboard, like some third party tells them, hey, go check out the HR dashboard. It's out there somewhere. They stumble into this. They don't know what they're doing. Next thing you know, they've made some like cockamamie recommendation to the C-suite. And, uh, you know, someone's making an insane decision based on uh, misread or misinterpreted data. Um, I don't know why I'm going with that.
1: (laughs) No, it makes me think though. So, I mean, we're, we're really business focused right now talking about, you know, in our organizations, what that might be like. I would give the caveat that luckily HR dashboards aren't usually opened up to a large population. So I get to know maybe a little bit, um, more focused who my audience would be, but I'm curious for you, because I know you make a lot of really neat stuff on, on Tableau Public. When you think about who the audience is for that one, is it the same? I've been asked the same question. My answer is uh the world i don't know who is who is public like who's gonna look at this how do you go about doing that when you build your public visualization
0: that's a great question some uh there are different audiences um, and some of them it's definitely a preaching to the choir situation so like my most recent viz which was the uh mary and the names that defined our generation which was based on the uh u.s age uh the u.s birth name data set i've done a couple passes at that this was definitely a preaching to the choir visualization it's a long form It's, uh, while it's simple charts, it's got lots of verbiage running down the left side of it for people that want to read and understand more. And uh, the design choices I made were tilted more towards people that are into data. However, if you look at my happy birthday viz, which uses the same data set, that's a simple comparison of two names, Based on gender, you could say like choose male or female for the name, since like Jesse can be a male name or a female name. Mm-hmm. Actually, I guess technically anything can. But um, so you could stack up two names uh, and compare them. That was designed for um the gen gen pop essentially. Like I ran that one against my wife as I was building it. I'm like, hey, check this out. What do you think of this? And when she sort of stole my laptop and played with it for 45 minutes, I knew it was <laughs> the kind of thing that people that don't like uh data would get. Because my wife is like, doesn't like math not that data's math necessarily but she's not really into this but when i knew she sort of took over and started playing with i'm like okay i'm on to something with this one so uh there's definitely different audiences and some of them are just design pieces where i'm like i want to make a piece of data art and it's not really that important uh but people that are sort of versed in Tableau of other tools to understand the technical work that went into building it um but yeah it's it's definitely uh, making audience choices when you design stuff or uh, sometimes it's just for me like my uh inception viz where I decided to map out the character journeys for inception that was purely just for me i was um my pastor knows this because I told him this but I was sitting in church one morning and I'm like uh, he's he's giving a sermon and I'm like hold on what does happen in inception and I start drawing <laughs> on the back of my my program and uh, I had like the rough rough layout uh, later that evening and stuff but yeah it's sometimes stuff just comes to you and you just feel like you need to do it
1: I spend a lot of my time thinking about things that should be visualizations. Um, And I'll admit to everyone here, I should spend more time making them visualizations. But for instance, when I got my standing desk last year, I wanted to prove to myself, I guess, that it was worth the investment. So I actually tracked the time during the day that I spent standing and sitting. And I did it for probably six weeks before I got bored. And so I've got that data sitting somewhere that could turn into a visualization. Um, I I guess I kind of run into, when we think about the audience, right? If it's going out on Tableau Public, like who else cares about this? I I spent six weeks tracking it, Um, but who else is the audience? And I don't know, just family ancestry and stuff like that. That's cool to me. I really like the idea of I'm building it for me. I'm building it so that I have the information. I think that would definitely help to motivate a lot of those visualizations out of just the the design and the sketch
0: phase. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a lot of stuff we make will never be seen outside of our own small community. I mean, one of my big desires is to sort of take visualization more mainstream to sort of break through that barrier. And the person I see doing that at a more successful rate than anyone is Bo McCready, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who, um, Bo does a lot of pop culture, he does a lot of sports, he does a lot of movies and that sort of thing, and his charts are almost never exotic. It's almost always some version of small multiples, and it's not even um, that technical or difficult, or at least not the stuff that hits the biggest. It's almost always a topic that people will find interesting, And typically some element that ties them in to make them feel personally invested. So any viz you can make where you can put your audience inside of it, that usually has much better um, marketability uh, with people than something that doesn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. I still love when my family members find visualizations in the wild and they send them to me. Got a message from my dad and was like, hey, I think you'd like this. And it was like, yeah, they get it. So when <laughs> when I'm no longer the only nerd in the group, that's that's always the fun part.
0: No, that's definitely fun. And um, like Rodrigo on Twitter does stuff like find data viz in movies and you know, tweet it back to me and stuff like that. So it's kind of fun to uh, to see as stuff expands out of that. It's also interesting how it's a symbiotic relationship because you'll see how people's visualization, visualizations were inspired by things they saw elsewhere. Um, and then they might even viz that topic based on the, like, I guess Star Trek The Next Generation has a really iconic look of its panels and stuff like that on their screens. And I've seen people viz in that style um, based on what they've seen in movies. So it's interesting as Tableau moves more towards, uh, Giving web app type abilities to people, the more people make games and the more technical and toggles and switches. And I saw it earlier today. Shansley Jagannath had a dark theme uh, viz where you could toggle it between light and dark because um, nice. some people like their apps to do that on their phones or computers. Um, so it's interesting as the, uh, more robust capabilities are entered into sort of the native environment that we're able to do that, or how people can hack their way into making them happen through a technical wizard.
1: Right. I recently heard about a concept called biomimicry.
0: No, go on.
1: I don't know the full extent of it, so maybe I'm butchering this, and I think it has more to do with how I, how designs are engineered, so from actual product perspective, um, but the idea being look at things in nature and that helps you to design better. So if you, I think the example they were using was the beak of this bird helped to lessen the sound impact whenever it flew, and. Helped it find its prey easier. Um, and then they used that to model like a transportation system, like a, a train system, basically. Um, and the front or the nose of the train was based off of that beak. And really, it all kind of comes down to me how can I use that? I, I almost want to pay more attention to the colors and nature when I'm walking around, you know, in the afternoons and see if maybe that can spark some inspiration for a viz or something.
0: I mean, for me, I draw inspiration from so many things outside of data viz. Like I said before, stuff like um, comic book paneling and uh, sci-fi retrofuturism is a huge influence on a lot of my public work i mean honestly my uh my work work uh looks a lot like everyone else's it's not super exaggerated it's not super fanciful because when you're working within your work environment people are expecting a more locked down kind of thing right. sometimes you can push the boundaries a little bit if you have a good reason to but you don't want to sort of you know burn that cachet uh just for a vanity piece right so my general philosophy at work if i'm assigned a new dashboard that i'm supposed to work on is I wanna be able to make something that can answer about 80% of the questions someone could possibly think of and hopefully spur them to ask new questions they didn't have before. Because it's impossible to hit 100%. Like, you're never gonna happen because as soon as you start providing people with actionable information, they're going to have five more questions. Right. And you can't develop a dashboard that can exist in perpetuity and and handle everything. It's just a, a scientific impossibility. But what you can do is provide something that hopefully gets people excited enough and curious enough that they can take the next step. Like One of my um, crowning achievements at work was I had a colleague who wasn't really into data very much, was sort of shy about it, and I was able to make a dashboard for them that uh, was super actionable with filters and actions. So they were able to pivot this data like a hundred different directions, um, which you can't do with a lot of data sets. If you're dealing with a lot of data in particular, you wouldn't want to do this. Your performance would be horrendous. Right. But in this case, it was for one person, it was a smaller program, not a ton of data so I was able to do this. And as a result, um, a couple of weeks later, they were telling me, hey, I had this great idea for a test for something that I could do. And I click this, I click that, and I click that, and that gave me the information I needed to go ahead and sort of submit my proposal. And that was one of the, you know, sort of my, my like proud pop moments. Cause like sure. very cool. Like this is something that you felt uncomfortable with before. And then you were able to sort of take the reins on your own without anyone else helping you step through that and then feel confident enough that you were able to submit something uh, for your job. So great.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's kind of crowning self-service achievement.
0: Oh yeah. That's right? like, that's a mic drop moment. It's like, yes. Like, that's uh, right. actually actually um one of the things i've done in the past to sort of encourage and foster adoption of data best practices is i periodically send out emails i call making data less scary um (laughs) because some people you know you never want to call people out as like this person doesn't feel comfortable with data because that doesn't help anybody but if you can find people that like that person that was my example if you can take that and sort of say hey look here's somebody who had this thing they did x y and z and we're able to come up with this answer and you're able to tell that story, or alternatively, take something that already exists and say, hey, look, this thing's out here. Did you know that? And here are some things you can do with it. And sort of just put it out there, not ask for anything back from it. Hopefully people can sort of latch on to that and say, oh, I didn't realize that. You're not putting anyone on the spot. No one had to come to a class or anything. Um, because if you try that, people just don't come, especially if they're shy or they feel uncomfortable. But if you're able to sort of spoon feed some of that and just put it out into the ether, hopefully there's a small percentage of people that maybe weren't as comfortable before that become more comfortable as a result of, you know, you sort of being a cheerleader for the data.
1: I feel like that's one of the, I'd say for me, it's, I feel like that's one of the best parts about being able to teach in a community. So prior life, uh, before the job that I'm in now, I was in consulting. And one of my absolute favorite parts of that role was that I was teaching Tableau, doing kind of in-person and virtual classes. And it's really nice to see someone kind of get it and understand in that format, but it's, almost a little bit better to watch them turn around and then go teach someone else. And so I'm always looking for those teachable moments. If someone asks me a question, I'm not going to just give you the answer. I'm going to make sure that I document the whole thing. I'm assuming people know by now in the organization that if they ask me a question, they're getting the instructions on how to find it themselves uh, and and a, a willing hand to help out until they're comfortable with it, because that's my end goal, right? If we can get everybody else skilled up to get their answers, then I think we've done our jobs. And I don't know, there's a fun challenge in how do I teach this to someone? Same thing with the layout containers we were talking about earlier. How do I teach it to them in a way where they can start using it, learn more things, and then hopefully teach me some things from it too?
0: I mean, I know for me, most of my proudest achievements at work have not been products I built. But like relationships I was able to foster and people that were able to grow or decisions that people were able to make based on either my participation or my helping or something or a step they took beyond something I created. Like, frankly, um, for me, the data viz is rarely the most satisfying part of making the data viz. (laughs) Um, It's often the most frustrating because it's oftentimes you know, a lot of moving parts. You'll have the troubleshooting phases you go through. You'll have the sort of it uh, enters uh, into critique of other people and they're like, I don't know, should that be there? Should this not be there? And sometimes that involves a lot of rework. That's not the fun part of any of it. The fun part is where someone is able to learn something as a result of that, even if that's somebody was you. Like sometimes, you know, whether it's a tableau technique or a business practice that you picked up, that you didn't know before you created this. Like, um, my, my boss asked me to learn about a program that was sort of in flux at the time. And the best way I figured out how to do that was, I created an extensive dashboard for myself to understand it. Um, right. Like, what's going on with this program? I don't know, like, let me figure it out. So I did that, and that way, when she asked me questions about it, I was able to sort of bounce back to like, okay, here we go, let me pull this up, let me look at this. I can understand this happened because of X, Y, and Z. and and that sort of thing. And I was able to better understand it much in the way that I'm usually trying to help other people better understand it. So it's kind of a satis- satisfying moment of like, okay, cool. So this, this does work. It's not just something like, you know, because everyone's made a dashboard that you put out there and doesn't necessarily get used or, you know, you yes. check the hit count on it later and you're kind of disappointed.
1: Oof, those are, those are tough, especially when you know all of the time that you've spent, you know, putting in, into it. And we all want to try i know many of us kind of start and ask those questions and we're checking in through the entire development phase making sure that it checks all the boxes and everything's good and then you go back and you look and in six months with no 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 views um so that's that's always hard i have to remind myself and um, this is something that i was appreciative of picking up when i was training if someone doesn't understand something or someone's not using the dashboard it's probably because it's not necessarily that they don't get it um i just need to explain it in a different way or from a design perspective you know it's not that they can't figure out how to press the button it's that i need to do it differently to help them out so putting that ownership back on myself and kind of forcing to go through those iterations again to see if you can get some more traction on it can be frustrating but i think it can also be really rewarding and a good practice to get into
0: totally um so I was just thinking about this the other day. Did you know you're one of like the first people in the data fam that I ever interacted with like way back?
1: Y'all are making me so happy because you are maybe the third or fourth person that told me that over the past two weeks. And I was just like bumbling along at Tableau conference, not knowing what I was doing. And I made all these new friends, but I, I guess for a lot of people, um, we were all doing that together.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it certainly feels at least maybe perceptually, it feels less organized, at least when you're new, because you're like, there's all these people out here, they talk to each other and they know each other. What's the deal (laughs) with that, you know? You don't know necessarily what anyone does, how they're connected, you know? Yeah, you don't even know what a Zen master is when you're starting off. You're just like, oh, that's Ken, he's something important. I don't know what that means. (laughs) But uh, yeah, you were were always very welcoming and friendly, so you were sort of the gateway for me and my my co-worker, David Kelly. I just knocked some, this is live, people. I'm not editing any of this.
1: Love it. No, I, I remember that very vividly because we chased each other around trying to like find a time to meet up at Tableau Conference, and then just started like pulling beer out of backpacks and trading that. I think we were in the middle of like the Tableau Labs section of the Tableau Conference, and I was like, "Hey, here's this beer that we brought from from uh, from locally." That's and true. We
0: we had a, a small scale uh draft uh a craft beer exchange at the New Orleans conference. Like, uh, some of the people, uh, uh, did not go through with their ends of it. And some people <laughs> did, uh, no names being named, but yeah, it was fun. Like that was definitely cool because you were still working in our workings at the time and you were at your booth. So Dave and I were sort of stalking around trying to connect with you, uh, while you're working. And it's funny as I have various friends that cycle in and out of those sort of contractor roles that'll be like more free at one conference and you'll see them in sessions. And then other years they'll be at a booth the whole time because they're doing right. some job. So.
1: Last year was my first conference as a, a customer instead of a partner, so I didn't have any booth duty to attend, um, but I also didn't have, like, a big team to show up with, and I think I think as, as my exposure to the Tableau community and just kind of my involvement has changed over time, I think what I get out of Tableau conference is different, but that was my fourth or fifth conference that I had been to, and it was real strange to not to not have booth duty, to go around and just kind of attend sessions and hang out with friends. Um, I think there's a lot of value to both of them. I definitely liked having the central location. It was nice to tell people, hey, at 11 a.m., I'll be in this one spot so we can chat. Um, but it's, it's been really neat to see it kind of from both perspectives. I think about Mark Bradburn and how he talks about being a customer at conference versus working at tableau and being at conference and that must be really cool
0: yeah is that the same conference um it was the first year i was actually meeting people so like i think i got to send a couple sessions with vince Baumel like that's the first time i ever met him in person uh vince who is not enjoying warm weather right now in the frozen hell of the <laughs> twin cities hi vince
1: oh we miss um, you man <laughs> <laughs>
0: um you know just various people i remember uh the flirtages found me at like world of beer and waved me down across the room and i just sort of amazed that they knew who I was, you know, stuff like that. It's just weird. Um, getting to know people that you had sort of these online relationships with. And then uh, the best comparison I have is it's like summer camp, you show up and you know, if you've sort of been active and been working on public projects or active on Twitter, you'll probably go to the conference and know at least a hundred people. It's the strangest thing.
1: Well, I'm about to give away my secret. So sorry if I use this on anybody in the future, <gasps> but I don't say it's nice to meet you. I say it's nice to see you. Because then that way I don't have to remember if I've met you in person or on the internet or at all. And the truth of it is, it is, it's nice to see you whether we're catching up and we're old friends or whether we haven't met before. Um, at least my approach for Tableau conference is everybody is someone I want to talk to. So let's figure out what we're going to talk about.
0: Very cool. (laughs) So, um, you recently retook your desktop certification, right?
1: Oh, I did. Yep. (laughs) That was, that was a, that was something.
0: So, um, My buddy David uh, took his in New Orleans, and I remember uh, my coworker Aaron and I were driving on the same day he took it, because New Orleans is like six hours from Memphis, so we figured why fly? Uh, So as we're heading down, we get a text from him that morning. He's like, I'm fundamentally changed. Like, that was his response to this. And we didn't know what that meant, but we figured it might mean we're supposed to call him Dave now. So... Uh, He hates Dave, but if you want to call him Dave, I highly endorse that. So, at Data David Deluxe, call him Dave.
1: (laughs) Poor Dave. Um, Yeah, it's, it's an interesting experience. So, I took the desktop certified professional, which is now the third level of desktop exams. I took it three some odd what years ago. In the role that I was in, it was a requirement. I was actually teaching some of the Tableau courses that are used to prepare people for this third exam. So I had to be certified and had a lot of resources, you know, had a lot of people that I knew who had taken the exam. So I got to kind of bounce questions off of them. Uh, Took it, was a little unsure. I've actually, I've heard a lot of people say that you like walk out of it, not quite sure if you passed or not maybe. It's completely pass or fail. It's not based off of a a, um, numeric grade necessarily. So you also don't get the results immediately. But I remember finding out that I had passed it being thrilled just over the moon. Hadn't, didn't have a ton of experience. Um, Let's say I didn't have a ton of experience hacking Tableau at that point. I think I had a lot of academic experience and a lot of out of the box functionality experience. Um, but certainly was still very, very new to design any of those components. I say all this because I really honestly, unexpectedly was shocked by taking it again. I thought that having taken it once and passed it once, it would be, you know, a bit easier not necessarily three years later still challenging still very valuable to me i I truly think that it's one of the best replications of what people might do in their work it's hey here's three hours here's a bunch of questions you don't get to spend all day figuring out what the design's going to look like or the alignment and the layout containers and all the stuff that i like to spend a lot of time on at work it's can you get to the can you get to the answer and can you get to what's important in this data in the time we've given you in a way that a lot of other people could understand? And so it was a challenge, but it was a good challenge. I'm that weird person that does like taking exams. I don't. I would like take the specialist exam if I could just because I want to, but that's. I get that that's strange. I know. It's a weird thing. I know. Um, so yeah, it, I don't know. It's not something I would want to do every day. I also don't necessarily want to take that test again every three years, but I will do it because because I think it's valuable,
0: and not because of your test-based masochism. I,
1: maybe it's because I feel like it's a way for me to learn new things. If I if I don't know the answer to something, I can then spend some time looking it up. I don't know. I'm weird, Zach. I don't I don't know what else to tell you.
0: Well, that is the perfect note to start wrapping this up on. Katie, thank you for coming. Is there anyone you'd like to shout out or anything you'd like to promote?
1: Oh, great question.
0: Is there anyone you'd like to slam? Like, you want to start a beef with someone? Like, (laughs) now's the time.
1: Um, no, no beef. Let's, we'll we'll keep it, we'll keep it nice and easy. Um, I'm just blown away by the amount of outreach of people in the Tableau community. That's been happening, especially in this new world that we're living in, how people have just transitioned to virtual user groups and are finding different ways to connect with each other and like playing games. I play Catan Universe, which, hey, if anybody plays Catan Universe, check it out. Um, But just finding things that we all have in common. Sometimes it's weird to talk about like my Internet friends, (laughs) but it's been it's been really helpful to. to reconnect with a lot of people in this new world. So thanks y'all. Thanks data fam for for really keeping us together and keeping us sane.
0: Well, that was a very nice uh, way to wrap it up. Thank you for coming, Katie. I hope we can do this again soon.
1: Absolutely, thanks Zach.
0: Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3. And get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.